Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I'm Taylor Dahl, and if you've been following along this summer, we've kind of been doing a recap of everything the Bears have done um, since the offseason has began. We've talked to uh, Corey Wooten so far. We've talked to, uh, obviously, Clay Harbor. We have Zach Miller coming up. And today, one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter personally, Adam Rank. Adam uh, is the fantasy analyst for the NFL Network. You'll also be able to find him on his own podcast, The Sick Podcast. Find him on Twitter, at Adam Rank. So, Adam, thanks so much for hopping on with me. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. This is a daunting list of Chicago (laughs) luminaries I'm following. This is like going on at the comedy store after Bill Burr, David Spade, and uh, Mark Maron. And they're like, oh, and here's a guy you've never heard of. Enjoy. Have fun. No, everyone loves you, Adam, and especially, I think, because last season uh, the Bears were getting – a lot of criticism and some of it fair, some of it unfair. And you were always kind of that person week to week to show that there are good things happening with Justin Fields and there were good things happening here and there. They were just weren't winning a whole lot of football games. And so hopefully this season that changes. And that's what we're here to talk about a little bit. Obviously, uh, there's been a lot of changes this offseason from free agency to the draft to just things internally that have kind of been mixed around with, you know, Tevin moving and then now year two guys like Braxton and Kyler and Jaquan. And a lot of guys that you're expecting to kind of take that next leap up. And I've done podcasts on that the last few weeks of who we think will improve the most or who we uh, expect to have the best season and things like that. And this one, I just kind of want to do a basic all around, um, get your idea of some of the things that have changed this offseason. And one of the first things I want to touch upon Adam, is the offensive line. I think obviously going into this offseason, the offensive line and the defensive line were the two position groups that most people were saying the Bears need to fix these really bad. Uh, And I think a lot of people may have leaned towards the offensive line just a little bit because of that sack number and because Justin Fields is just our – He's our guy now, and we want to protect Justin Fields, and we want to give him everything that he needs to be able to be successful in the NFL and to maybe shut up some of the other people that were critical uh, or maybe a little too critical. But you recently did a podcast on your The Sick podcast, and you were talking about how PFF ranked them 21st, which I also I think is worse than what they actually had them ranked at certain points last season, which is interesting to seven. me. They said down seven. Down <laughs> seven. Like, like, how are we that high? And then how do they drop that more, that, that much? I, I honestly, I have the same exact question. And they also had Cody Whitehair as our best player on our offensive line. And I don't think anybody. 
anybody would say that since his rookie season. So that was really interesting to me. But what are your thoughts on that? And what are your expectations of the offensive line with the additions of obviously Darnell Wright and Nate Davis? Tevin's kind of proved he can play anywhere. We're having a year two Braxton and hopefully a, uh, a, a not Sam Mustafer. <laughs> Yeah, you know, not to take shots at Sam Mustafer, but he just it just didn't work out for him. But I'm sure that he's a nice person. Similarly to if you made me play center for the Chicago Bears last <laughs> year, you'd be like, oh, Rank's a nice guy, but he, he's not good at what they're asking him to do. And it's fine to understand your limitations. So I will just walk across the offensive line left to right. I will start with Braxton Jones, who I – I said on my show, like, he's a good player. Like, I'm not going to debate this with people. I'm not going to go after, like, whatever your opinion is, even pro football focus rated him last year, you know, the top rookie tap. He's one of the top guys uh, at the position. And I think that the the one thing that he really needed to work on coming into the season was his strength and, you know, being being able to sustain the the bull rush. Mm Because that's one of the things when you're playing tackle, is that you get a couple of seconds, you know, and Carmen was talking about this on the show as well. It's like when you're a tackle, you got a couple of seconds to make sure that you can sustain that rush. And I think that coming from Southern Utah, which was a division one, though, I, I hate when people say it's a D2 duty. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a whack team, Western Athletic Conference. I know they're playing New Mexico State and all those scrubs, but still it's division one. Mm-hmm. He's a division one athlete. It's a little bit different when you make that step up, when you come from a school like Southern Utah, and you play against NFL talent, the the elite of the elite, you know, it is going to take a little bit of an adjustment. And yet he still managed to provide enough glimpses that he is going to project to be a fantastic player. They were able to do things with him that you don't normally do with tackles. You do not see pulling tackles. The phrase is pulling guard, not pulling tackle. And yet they were able to use him in that way. And so I think that they're going to continue to lean on his athleticism. He's going to get stronger. He's going to get better. Tevin Jenkins, I believe, is probably our best offensive tackle, or excuse me, our best offensive lineman. He's switching to left guard, a position that he has not played since his freshman season at Oklahoma State. And it's difficult. You know, it's difficult going from left to right. It's not like playing Madden, where you're just like, oh, I'm just switching them to the left side. But they have enough faith in his ability. And if you think back to last season, we didn't even see Tevin Jenkins in August. Like, we, we didn't know where he was. Yeah. Adam Schefter had him traded. There were so many things going on, and then he <laughs> appears as right as the right guard, and he played pretty well. Yeah. So I think having the full complement of the offseason, he's going to be great. I love having him there. I would say he's our best. Same. I think that Braxton, Braxton has the most upside. Tevin is currently our best, although Cody Whitehair has played great. Uh, when he was a center like that, I yeah. believe is his best position. I think having a veteran there is going to be good. Nate Davis blocked for Derrick Henry. He is a solid right guard. That's one of those low key moves that like, it doesn't move the needle as much for the casual fans. Like if you're sitting at Portillo's and you're like that, eh, like they're not sitting there chopping it up, talking about what Nate Davis is going to bring to the team. And I think that anybody in the, in the game understand how important it is for him and not only for him, but to help develop the right tackle, Darnell Wright, who's coming in, one of the top talents in the draft. I remember before the draft started, I was sitting there on the, t- on the, uh, on the, um, the desk at Total Access 
talking to Brian Baldinger, who everybody loves Baldy's breakdowns and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And he was telling, and this, I was working on my mock draft, and this was before the Bears even drafted him. He's like, oh, he's like, the guy that I really like is Darnell Wright. And I said, oh, yeah, Tennessee, like, he's good. He's like, yeah, he's like, I think he's the best guy. He's like, I, I think he's the best tackle. And he's going to be a day one starter for sure and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, cool. And then when he got drafted, I'm like, oh, that's all these guys, all <laughs> these guys. So I feel that this might not be the Eagles level mm-hmm. of an offensive line, but where the Bears were ranked last season, which would have been, what, 14th, middle of the pack. Yeah, so- I think for where the scheme, where it was a couple of years ago, I think that's a very reasonable expectation, and that's something that should help the Bears win a number of games. Yeah, and a couple things just before we go to the next position group, because you mentioned Tevin, and yes, position change. Uh, the one thing that really kind of stands out with me, number one, you've said the you know he's now had this full offseason to work at that position. Last year it was kind of, he had pretty much a month to figure out that right guard and get going when it came to starting in actual games. But the one thing obviously with Tevin now, and he mentioned it I think about a month ago in the, in the presser that he did, was that he he feels like a guard now. And last season, he was very vocal about he's a tackle. Huh. I'm a tackle. I feel like a tackle. I'm going to, I want to play tackle. And this season, you can kind of tell it's changed. Now, whether that's Tevin just trying not to cause more offseason drama, maybe it's some of that. Maybe he truly has realized, okay, like if I want to be uh, starting on an offensive line in the NFL, I have to do kind of what the coaches tell me to do. There's been injury issues there, so maybe you can't be too picky. But I, I agree. I think personally, I love Tevin. I think he's the, the best guy on that line when he's out there and you can you hope he can have a full season out there because it's really important for that and to your point of how interesting it is that they dropped them seven spots worse when you're looking at an offensive line like you said last year who had just so many holes and weaknesses anyways but they also had like eight or nine different alignments at one point because no one could stay healthy they were shifting everything around you Braxton I think played well but there was a lot of question marks in that offensive line so to me when you solidify some certain things and yes, maybe you're you're counting on uh, Braxton to take a, a big step up and you're expecting a rookie right tackle to kind of make that next leap too. It will leave some question marks, but to me, there's no way you can look at this offensive line and say they are that much worse than they were when we were starting last season. Uh, Adam, so obviously... Sure. I, I, you know what's okay. funny too is like when you... Like if you know anything about like actors, mm-hmm. like every actor when they're coming out of like when they're first starting, or like, you know what? I'll never do commercials. Like I'm a <laughs> I'm a serious actor. And then all of a sudden, you know, five years in trying to find one gig, they're like, yeah, I'll do any commercial never mind. you want. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll do whatever. And I think like I hope that's what happened with Tevin Jacobs. Like I understand the pride of like, hey, I'm a tackle. Mm-hmm. Peter Skaronsky's going through that right now with yeah. Tennessee. Like, I'm a tackle. You're like, bro, being a guard is still pretty cool too. And our guy Brian Baldinger, I was just talking about made his career as a guard so yeah. listen guards guards are lovely as well so <laughs> i hope Devin and i hope he's embracing it for real because i truly believe that he could be one of the best in the league yeah. if he continues on his trajectory i agree so moving on obviously a, a position group for the bears that's getting a little more love nationally and from maybe more of the spotlight type of guys is the wide receiver room they've ranked them um i've seen on pff they ranked them the 13th offensive group when Ooh. it comes to offensive the wide receiver weapons in the nfl um that's up from 32 last year adam so i don't remember i don't yeah. know <laughs> i don't know if you remember <laughs> i know those conversations we were having this time last year and some of us were even defending a, a little bit of like no like 
Darnell Mooney can be like a number one and like this. But now we're looking at a, a guy that truly can be a number one wide receiver and DJ Moore. And obviously you get Darnell Mooney back to that wide receiver two spot and Chase Claypool as a three. And so all of these things that you kind of where these guys were before where you felt like they were trying they had to do a little too much and be, play a, maybe a little beyond what type of wide receiver they actually are. They can maybe settle a little bit and figure that out. And I think that's what a lot of people's hopes are. Um, so we're already hearing about the connections between Justin and DJ Moore. How quickly, Adam, are you expecting this to be kind of like a, wow, they, they already have something there? I expect it to be immediate. Okay. You know, when you look at the NFL over the last couple of years, Josh Allen, three years ago, four years ago, whatever it was, people pretended like he could not throw a football. Oh, this guy will never do it. And then they trade for Stephon Diggs and like, oh, lo and behold, he can throw the ball. (laughs) Galen Hurts last year was hearing a lot of it. They bring in A.J. Brown. And as much as we like Devonta Smith, a a thin guy who just isn't going to be that that number one wide receiver being pushed over to the 1B kind of. I don't think that Devonta Smith should be considered a number two wide receiver. And similarly, I think Darnell Mooney is like a 1B type wide receiver. And when you bring in these, for lack of a better term, alpha males to be wide receivers, they really make their presence known immediately. And I know that, you know, it just comes from people wanting to hate on the Bears. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to be dismissive of DJ Moore, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> Like DJ Moore has been a top 10 wide receiver since he walked into the league. And it's, and if you want to sit here and have this conversation, you look at the, the wide receivers who were traded over the last couple of years. Uh, he's better than Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs led the NFL with nine drops last year. He's already trying to get himself out of Buffalo, similar to the way that he got himself out of Minnesota. Do not tell me that Stephon Diggs is better than D.J. Moore because I'm not listening to it. (laughs) A.J. Brown is a great great receiver. Mm -hmm. But again, he didn't really truly get unlocked until he was in Philadelphia. So I would say I'm not ready to concede that he's better than D.J. Moore either. Now, Tyreek Hill, I I can listen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That that makes – okay. I'm not going to fight you on that one. I'm very – I'm still happy to have our guy. God bless Tyreek Hill, but okay, like I get it. Like I'm not an idiot. I watch football. <laughs> Understandable. I've seen I've seen Tyreek Hill win games on his own. That's fine. And we have hopefully we'll see that out of DJ Moore this year, yeah. but we haven't seen it yet, and that's fair. This is going to be such a huge difference maker for the Bears. Like you think of and it, it's gonna hurt everybody who plays fantasy football in a way of like when you when you think of all the great runs, the impromptu runs that Justin Fields had last season, a lot of those will go away because he is going to have an X receiver that he knows he can count on, that he knows he can get the ball to. But at the same time, it's going to make him better because they're going to be moving the chains on third down. Mm -hmm. When they need a big play at the end of a game, you know, it's not going to be Equinemius St. Brown (laughs) dropping a pass for a first down. It's not going to be Dante Pettis turning the wrong way. It's not going to even be our guy Darnell Mooney not being able to go up and win a 50-50 ball at the goal line against Washington. D.J. Moore is going to make all those plays, and it is going to make a huge difference for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I agree, and it's funny because I I feel like Panthers fans, which also let's talk about, we don't even have to talk about, I can just say really quick about how the different quarterbacks that had been throwing to DJ Moore also and still how productive he was able to be throughout that. Um, So that's just one thing that we kind of point out. But it's funny how much 
Panthers fans love DJ Moore, and then all of a sudden they're like, well, he's not quite a number one wide receiver. And I'm like, okay, yeah. all right, just just give us something. Like, let us be happy about a wide receiver and a quarterback. <laughs> I'm not mad, I, and I'm not mad at the Panthers, yeah. you know, and I know that it's kind of weird, you know, because you get these number one quarterbacks, and you're like, oh, they need a wide receiver, but they traded the guy, they traded the guy away. And I think that that really speaks to what Ryan Poles was able to do with flipping that number one pick for the multiple first rounders and DJ Moore, because obviously Carolina would have loved to have had Bryce Young with DJ Moore, but the Bears oh, yeah. were insistent that it was going to be him and that it needed to be him. And a year, a year from now or two years from now, Carolina is going to be in the market. Maybe they're trading for Stephon Diggs. Who knows? But they're going to be in the market for a guy. And it's going to be a running joke of like, well, if only you had a DJ Moore yeah. type of person, uh, <laughs> it would be great. But to get Bryce Young, you needed to get, you needed to, you to, had to. to need to Yeah. You had to make the move. Like yeah. there is something different about having your quarterback in place. And this is something that has been foreign to Bears fans is that we've just never had the quarterback. Like we've never like every we've had just about everything. I mean, Jay Cutler is the closest that we've come, but yeah. this has been the most confident that we've been in our quarterback in a long time. And to be able to go out and get a DJ Moore, um, I think it's been fantastic. And when you look at the wide receiver room, you got DJ Moore, you got Darnell right there. Like, okay, he's he's great as a one B. If Chase Claypool can develop. That's going to be huge, and Big. then we get, and then it gets, and then you know, like Tyler Scott and Bayless Jones Jr., two of my guys. Mm -hmm. I love them both. Uh, if one of those guys can step up as well, like this now becomes a very good wide receiver room, and I'm very comfortable being the 13th overall, according to Pro Football Focus. Yeah, very, very different from this point last season. And it's funny just uh, touching upon what you were saying about the offseason with, you know, Ryan Poles, just what he was actually able to do. Because I remember there was just kind of jokes of, okay, well, you know, it was a lot of Colts in the mix of the trade was going to happen with the Colts. The Panthers were there a little bit and every, all the Bears fans were kind of like, well, give us Brian Burns and we'll give you this number one. And then when the DJ Moore news dropped, Bears fans were like, what? <laughs> what? We didn't know like something like this could actually happen. So I think it was the ideal situation for the Bears, honestly. And I talked a lot about the Colts because we wouldn't had they wouldn't had had to move down as far. But I think all worked out because I was a Darnell Wright fan from the get go when I started doing all of my podcast coverage. So speaking of guys, you know Brian Burns, we did not get somebody like that. We did not. Um, the linebacker room definitely has improved, Adam. And I think that's the one piece of the defense that people are pretty confident in, saying that you know they could be one of the best groups in the NFL when it comes to adding Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, and year two, Jack Sanborn. A lot of people loved the glimpses we saw from Jack Sanborn, but obviously the the upfront, the out the defensive end, the pass rush, even the the the, the defensive line in general, I think, have a lot of questions. Some people may be a little more confident with the interior, um, but what are your thoughts on that and expectations? Do you think they'll add somebody else or do you think this is what we're going into the season with? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. 
And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. You know, the Bears... They needed to do a little bit more on the defensive line uh, from the pass rushing perspective. I think that, you know, and I don't know if he's signed yet. I've been in the bunker a little bit. But mm-hmm. Yannick Ngakwe is the kind of guy that I wish the Bears would go after, even though he's a one-dimensional player. Mm-hmm. His one dimension is pretty good. Like, you know, he gets to the quarterback, which is exactly what the Bears need. And, you know, I, I kind of look at the defensive line similar to the way that you would look at a bullpen and like sometimes you just need your specialist. Yeah. And you're going to bring in your your fireballer that's going to bridge the gap from the eighth to the ninth inning and get to your closer. And so I think that having a player like Ngakwe could come in and make huge dividends. But the one thing about, you know, the Matt Eberflus defense is that they like to create a lot of pressure from the defensive front, like yeah. they from the defensive, the three technique and things like that, which is why players like Gervon Dexter and Zach Pickens could end up being huge picks for the Bears. Now, Dexter, of course, does not have the stats, the the things that you would that you would expect. Like if you just open pro foot or college football, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever website has college stats. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't look like he did much, but when you watch the tape. They were able to work with him at the Senior Bowl. When they look at the intangibles, when you look at the raw score, you're like, okay, this is a guy that can move piles, and this is a guy that can collapse the pocket. And when you're in a division that has a first-year starter like Jordan Love, it has Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins who, when they have clean pockets, they're fine. But if you can harangue those guys, they 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 can be forced into making mistakes. And the best way to really get after a guy is get down by his feet, push the middle of the pocket and try to collapse it. And if the Bears can do it, and if they can get guys like Gibson and, and uh, Dom Robinson, who just learned to play football recently, mm-hmm. add some, just, just get a little bit better. And, and, and Justin Jones, the guy, like, if you're as good yeah. on the field as you are on social media, like, you don't have to be, we don't need to reinvent the 85 Bears, the Levy Smith Bears, or anything like that. But like, put some pressure on the quarterback. Mess with their timing, even if the sacks are not there. Mm-hmm. If you're messing with a quarterback's timing and forcing him to make throws before he wants to, that should be pretty good because Tremaine Edmonds can cover people. 
We got a good secondary now, a young secondary of, of ballers. Like, yeah. yeah, just let them go out there and do their job. Just make it a little bit, you know, just just do your part. It's like being a part of a scramble when you're playing golf. Like, listen, I'm not driving at 300 yards. I'm not going to pull out a three iron and stick it four feet from the pin. But, like, 60 yards and in, potting, like, I'm pretty good. So <laughs> go out there and do your job. And that's what we need from those guys. Yeah, and I, and I think we've talked a lot about the pass rush this last couple months. And I, I'm really interested to see what Iberflus and they decide to do because, like you said, he does like that the pressures from the inside, that three-tech. And one interesting thing is one of the edge pieces they did add in Demarcus Walker had all of his sacks while playing inside. So I, I'm really interested to see <laughs> if maybe they mix that around a little bit. And, you know, at certain times we see Dom and Trevis on the outsides and maybe he slides – uh, Demarcus Walker on the inside to just to get a little more pressure. So I'm really, really interested to see how that works. I liked Walker. Like It was another name for me that's not an absolute slam dunk where everyone's talking about it, but the guy has made plays. The one thing is all the majority of those plays has been in the inside, and that's not where they added him technically on the football field. Um, so a couple more for you, Adam, before I let you go. I know you have something coming up soon. So I want to talk uh, just a couple fantasy because obviously that that's your thing. Uh, fantasy season oh, is coming. <laughs> no, no fantasy. No fantasy. This is a, this is a, no, I'm it's, joking. It's still, it's like, listen, still Bears related, no, but no, fantasy. No. no, 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 I'm good. It's like, you know, it, it's like the thing of like Dave Grohl is <laughs> always going to be, he's always going to be the drummer of Nirvana. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you go somewhere like, oh, we need you to play. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And, like, did I just compare myself to Dave Grohl? I did. <laughs> That's impressive. Uh, and I'm co- I'm comfortable with it. So, yeah, I'm always happy to do fantasy questions. Uh, just a co- just more Bears related for fantasy. I haven't even – I'm one of those people I have – I used to do way too many fantasy leagues. I've had to tone it down because it was just getting out of hand. So now I try to keep it within, like, five. Um, so yeah. – and I usually not until about August really start working on that. So – a lot of things, though, when we're talking about fantasy, obviously quarterback-wise, we're seeing Justin Fields in the top of a lot of this because people are expecting him to pass more this season but also be able to use his legs. But my question is with the running back group in Chicago uh, because mm-hmm. I, I've, a lot of pe- I've seen a lot of people kind of drop them out of where they were last season, which is a little interesting to me because I know they lost David Montgomery, but in my opinion, Khalil Herbert was – when he's on the football field, he's a good running back, and obviously you're expecting a little more from Deontay Foreman – also and Roshan, I get there's a question mark. He's a rookie, but is it? Do you think it'll be that much of a change for this running back group when it comes to fantasy numbers? I think they could be better. You know, Foreman last season, the Chicago Bears had five games where they had a runner top 100 rushing yards. And notice the vernacular that I'm using when I say runner, not running back, because three of those games were Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. David Montgomery had one, and Khalil Herbert had one. Last year is a limited starter in Carolina. Foreman had five games where he rushed over 100 yards for that dog bleep team and uh, was still able to get it done. And I think people are sleeping on him. Mm-hmm. The, only, the only problem, I think, for a lot of fantasy enthusiasts is that we'll probably see a mix of all three of those guys getting touches and yeah. getting opportunities. And he, I mean, as a fantasy dork, you hope one of them establishes themselves. And I think the one that probably in, in Rashawn Johnson is actually the, probably the most expensive of the three where it's not even a value. Yeah. You know, you're probably having to draft. I know like in a, in a dynasty league, I've made a mistake. Um, somehow I did not end up with him in the second round, even though I wanted him. And I 
had to auto pick and, and set up my, my rankings. And I'm like, Hey, like, do you mind just, cause I got Quentin downs from Indianapolis. I'm like, do you mind making a swap? Cause I would have taken Roshan if mm-hmm. you know, this wouldn't have been this. And the guy was like, no way. Like he was acting like he was Bajan Robinson. I'm like, <laughs> okay, like whatever, dude. Like, I'm not going to sit here and have this conversation with you, but you know, like it's, it's just not a value. So the guy that I just kind of been quietly, I actually end up getting Herbert and Foreman just because the price, we really don't know. Yeah. We, we, we don't know who's going to emerge. And I'm like, for the price, I would rather, t- I'd actually rather have Foreman and then Herbert, mm-hmm. but I'm agreeable with all of them. And I think all of them should be rostered. Whatever you do, like when you go into your leagues, like make sure that don't let those guys be in the free agent pool because it's, it would not shock me if one of these guys step forward, steps forward and really takes control of the situation where you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. I wish I would have picked up Foreman when he was free or whatever it is. Yeah. I think that's probably the way that you would want to approach it. Uh, as in approach it as if just take the three bears running backs and one of them, you'll figure out at some point in the season that that's the guy. That works too. Yeah. yeah. If, and that's true. Like if you have Roshan Johnson, uh, if you got to, if you're willing to, you know, the, the price works out and you're comfortable drafting him. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't leave the draft without having at least one more of those guys, just in case. I know mm-hmm. the handcuff is a kind of a, you know, a lot of people handcuff running backs where you want, I can't even think of like, this is how I, I need to get really involved. Cause I, I'm like, who is Saquon? I was trying to think of this the other day. Like who is Saquon? Handcuff, like, and I, I've already forgotten who it was. I looked it up. I've already forgotten. Um, <laughs> but with, I always like the handcuffs of like these kind of committee backs because you're rooting for an injury with Saquon, which I think is like a dastardly thing to do. Like, yeah. I think that that's gross. Yeah. But what you're doing with the Bears is you're like, well, I'm just, we don't know. Like, one of these guys is going to win the job on merit. And I will feel comfortable being like, oh, I'm glad I have Khalil Herbert because he's just playing better than the other two guys. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, fine with it. So as a as, as a person with the soul, uh, I find that to be a little <laughs> bit more palatable. I love it. All right, Adam. Well, I really appreciate it again. Um, I'm super excited for this season. Like I said, we're in a very different place than we I felt we were last season. Um, thanks for hopping on. And I appreciate everything you do. No, Taylor, I'm I'm glad we were able to get this done. I uh, appreciate you thinking of me and having me on board. I enjoy uh, following you on Twitter and uh, looking forward to seeing this podcast continue to grow. Hopefully uh, you'll move to, you'll join the rest of us in 2023 and start putting this on YouTube yes. and making it a video <laughs> podcast. So, you know, but, uh, oh. but it's been, uh, but it's been fun following you and this has been a fun conversation and I hope we can do it again. Yes, me too. Thanks so much and have a good rest of your week. Thanks. You do the same. Thanks. Bye-bye. Alrighty, thanks to Adam Rank for joining me. Um, as I mentioned in the beginning, you, you've you probably seen him on NFL Network talking fantasy football or talking the Bears, or you've probably seen him on Twitter. Uh, he stuck to his guns through a lot of times where it probably even looked a little silly that um, certain predictions he had, especially when it came to picking who was winning certain games certain weeks last year. And I think most of us were kind of like, we're not, we're not going to win. And he would still have the bears because he had the hope. And, and, and granted the games that he did pick the bears were the majority of the games that were also within those one scores. So the, the bears were keeping it close. And unfortunately the ball, the ball did not bounce our way last season, but as he mentioned, as I mentioned, there's a lot of things to look forward to. Is this team perfect? Is this team great? Is this team elite? Is every position filled? And we're completely confident that everything's going to be uh, 
a very, very good and click very, very well. I'm not totally sure. I I do think that there are a lot of improved position groups, and I do think that a lot of those guys last year that were in year one and that are going to take this year to leap uh, are going to make a significant improvement. I also do truly thoroughly believe that that will also be Justin Fields. You can almost wash away his first season because Matt Nagy did nothing to help him whatsoever. Um, They do that here in Jacksonville too. They do not count the year of Urban Meyer with Trevor because it's just you weren't getting coached. He regressed that season, and you can say the same thing for Justin Fields under Matt Nagy and the way they handled his rookie season. So last year, to me, was pretty much that first year where he was really they were developing around him, and they were, and we saw that happen week by week once Getzy changed the offense to fit what Justin Fields was able able to do. And you go back and you compare those stats between weeks one through six and the week seven through eighteen uh, and the games he did play. And the massive improvement, and when I say massive, I mean like 54% completion percentage to almost 70%. I think it's like 68.8%. You go from throwing, I think it was like three touchdowns, or I don't know, I can try to six touchdowns and five interceptions or something like that, to 16 touchdowns. And that's not even including everything he was doing rushing. I'm just literally, like, merely talking about what he was able to do in the passing game once they, once number one, he was getting experience. And number two, once they were fitting a scheme around his strengths. And this year, they have completely done that. So I'm going on a rant about Justin Fields again. And that's, I feel like, what I, uh, I every podcast ends up leading that way somehow because it's just, I think the point we're at now, but we are, we're, we're just around the corner from training camp now, and it's going to be super exciting to kind of watch how everything starts to unfold. Some of these position battles, I'll probably have something coming up on that. Um, I am working on Zach Miller and I am also working on Olin Crude. So both of them can definitely give us some insight um, from camp and what to expect, or if it's during camp, what we're seeing, what we're hearing, uh, who's winning certain certain position battles and who's looking good, who needs more work, et cetera. But that's the time of year we're at. We're in July. And so uh, looking forward to these next few, these next couple weeks until camp really hit kicks off. And then from there, it's a go. It's a go. And so that's another episode of Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl, and I will catch you guys next time. <laughs>